Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This, this is It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati with Lindsey Patterson and Mike Santagata. We are back on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. Lindsey Patterson, Mike Santagata. I'm going to be completely honest as we're recording this. We are recording at 535 on a Thursday. And when you hear this, it will be Friday morning. So, of course, anything that we talk about on this podcast could be outdated by the next day of the release. We are recording this after training camp practice for the Cincinnati Bengals today. And um, unfortunately, and and we don't have a whole lot of news when it comes to Joe Burrow. Um, I'll give a description here. Paul Daner tweeted out uh, Burrow was just flushing out of the pocket and it looked like normal runners do. And then when they pull a hamstring, obviously in that moment, they had no idea what was happening. He went to the ground. A couple of the players went over. And one of the things we're seeing a lot in training camp is Carts do come out for players all the time, but uh, but a cart was out. And um, at this very moment, Zach Taylor talked to the media after it was over and said it's a calf injury, which could mean all kinds of different things. We are not doctors on this podcast and we can't, um, you know, define what, what exactly happened or, or what's wrong with Joe Burrow. But that's all we have right now. Yeah. So we start with, I feel like let's just start with the cart. The cart comes yeah. out for a lot of different, especially any, almost any lower body injury in camp, I think. Um, and there's reasons for that. A, it's faster to get to the medical facility. Um, are the Bengals, the Bengals practicing at Paycor though, right? Yep. Okay. So it's not anything crazy. Like I know some places you, they go to a destination. Uh, although what last time that the, the, they did that AJ Green <laughs> got hurt. So maybe just stay at Baycor. Um, but, you know, a lot of times you're doing it just out of precaution. And um, when it is a destination one, sometimes it's like, well, the medical facility is up this hill and they didn't mm-hmm. really plan for this. So we got to put you on the cart just because do you want to walk uphill with a strained calf or anything? No. Um, but yeah, I think it's all precautionary. Uh, we don't know anything. I honestly assume by the time you're listening to this, you probably actually will know what the injury is. Uh, we know calf injury. This will give you a real good idea of exactly what time it is. We know calf injury, which uh, is what Zach Taylor said, which Ian Rappaport and so many people said calf strain, although I think they just added straight or changed strain in some not perfect reporting uh, instead of injury, which is what it probably is. It probably is a calf strain if it's a calf injury. Um, and but yeah, I think uh, that's the specifics. It 
I, you can't say it's not an Achilles. That would be what you're worried about. But I, I feel – I do feel okay in terms of I don't think it is. And I'm judging that not off of any of my knowledge or anything. But you kind of see Zach Taylor's tone, and he wasn't really that beaten up. Joe Burrow, everybody keeps saying – that he seems okay and he gave a thumbs up and he gave a nod to Jamar Chase and Chase said that means he's fine. Um, and then the other part is the pro football doctors on Twitter, you know, pro football yeah. doc being the most famous one. <laughs> um, <clears throat> they all seem to be saying calf. And when Taylor said calf, um, I know pro football doc, I believe said confirm not Achilles. Although I, he may have a reason for that. I don't feel comfortable enough until the MRI happens. Nope. So I'm like, I'm not telling everybody it wasn't an Achilles and then the MRI happens and something goes on there, which even a bad calf string can be a small Achilles tear. I think that's also something to keep in mind. I think I'm not hundred percent sure on that, but somebody told me that and I was like, that eh, sounds about right. They're in the same spot. Uh, but yeah, like those two are connected, right? Like your Achilles tendon that goes to your calf. So when you see calf injuries, a lot of times if that's the, the devastating thing it's the achilles that's why people keep talking about it so um yeah that's that's all of my thoughts on the matter but i do feel i don't I do, i'm not filled with dread at this moment because i i feel as if the possibility is low on a major injury yeah you know there's there's so many unfortunate things about it because look i know that zach taylor because there was one thing um actually Trags, one of the Bengals reporters, he tweeted out a picture when camp started today. And he said, it looks like Joe has a sleeve on his right calf. And a lot of people said, oh, well, that that could be because it is 100 degrees in Cincinnati today. It truly is. It is very hot outside. You step out there, it feels like you're walking into Las Vegas right now. Um, they are practicing in the afternoon. Zach wanted to kind of have the more afternoon practice, which they normally do during training camp, and that's normal. And it's July in Cincinnati. It's always hot. That's normal. Um, and, and Zach was asked about that. And, and I thought, okay, well, that's kind of different. But hey, Maybe Joe's just wearing that for, you know, just to be cautious. Maybe maybe there's something there. And Zach had mentioned that some of the players felt in their walkthrough this morning, they felt a little soreness. And I feel like you would feel that after your first day. Um, anybody, when they go and work out for the first time in a while or you're getting back into it, you're going to feel that soreness maybe. And um, it, it, it could have just been that. So he was wearing that on the same calf that they're saying is injured right now. Yeah. And I know we were seeing a lot of the reports out there that were saying strain, but right now we're just going to go with what Zach Taylor really did say. And it is the calf strain. So, um, you know, we just, until it's ruled out, we just, we honestly don't know. And there's a lot of speculation. And then obviously a lot of the pro football doctors who are on the internet are saying, Hey, I think it could be this. I, it could be this with, with, with the strain. This is how long they could be out. It could be lingering all season. Going to miss the, you know, we just don't know. And, you know, it's one of those things when you're recording a podcast two hours after it happens, um, you're going with the information that you currently have and you're not doctors and you're just kind of guessing. I know that some people are like, but he gave a thumbs up. Well, Joe gave a thumbs up when he was injured plenty of other times. It, I don't look too much into that because he's a really tough dude. 
Um, and, and we know that just by watching him in his time in Cincinnati. And you could say all the hits that he's he's ever taken out there. Um, it could we just don't we just don't have much on on the injury and guessing, you know, how long this guy's going to be out or, you know, what it could be and how long it's going to linger. And, you know, if we when we do get more of that information, if it is something that's going to be going into training camp, hey, we'll get a doctor on for next week's podcast and we'll go more in depth with somebody who's an expert when it comes to player injuries. The thing that's unfortunate about it all is when I thought we would do uh, uh, our first long Joe Burrow podcast during training camp, I thought it was going to be the day after an extension or the day of the extension and all of that. So, you know, you have all of that going on and Joe has showed up for everything. Uh, the non-mandatory stuff, the mini camp, and there's been no problem. He seemed so chill when it comes to the contract stuff. He's like, it'll get done when it gets done. He said it yesterday in his press conference and he's still showing up to this stuff. And not all players do that when it's a contract year. And I know they have his fifth year option picked up for the following year. So I would say it not really a contract year, but at the same time it is uh, because they know they want to get it done now. And I just feel like it's just such an unfortunate thing for Joe because it hasn't been normal. And I hated every conversation around it, to be completely honest. Joe was asked about it in his press conference and he said, oh, I got to knock on wood when someone said you're, you're normal off season because everybody knows what has happened to him. It's really yeah, every time, every time, every single time. And he's desk every single time and and what's so crazy about it it's a year and one day since he had um his surgery last year for his appendix it's just like why does this stuff keep happening to someone who is one of the best in the league and it's just all of that is so unfortunate for joe because he, he even was asked about his practice yesterday he's like i had damn good practice he felt really good about it and it's just i don't know it just all of it kind of it feels so unfortunate for someone who's worked really hard to be in the position he is in such a big off season for him. Yeah. Um, I mean, to me, the, the sleeve on the calf and that's the one he injured. This is strictly off of one instance. So low sample size, but Kevin Durant played with a calf strain. And then that's when he tore his Achilles. Like I, I'm not a hundred percent sure if that like leads to anything, but it does make me feel less confident about like, Oh, it was a sleeved calf. It was probably just the calf. I'm like, well, I thought that before. <laughs> once. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I agree with a lot of what you're saying. I mean, I wanted to have the talk about the extension. You want to, me, I think the nice thing for him though, is even if this was, the worst case scenario is the fifth year option is picked up. So you don't, you don't have to have the uncertainty of like, I have to negotiate this deal when I haven't played in a year. Like you just go, okay, I'm going to play next year and you'll see how good I still am. And then I'll get that deal that I was going to get anyway. Uh, but I think, like I've said, I think we are avoiding the nuclear meltdown um, hopefully. And I'm going to keep assuming we have, because I want to keep my spirits up. <laughs> but uh, yeah, assuming you have avoided the Achilles tear, it's unfortunate to not have the preseason and not have, which you might not have played in anyway. I don't know if they would have let him, but to not have your training camp again, does this mean he starts slow again? I don't, I don't know. Cause I, I think there was a lot of factors that went into that. The offensive lines health and no continuity there went into that there's and the offense didn't fit the new pieces really so that went into it so i i don't think it would be as bad even if it's not perfect to start the year like i don't think you're gonna see four interceptions in the first half of week one and going like what in 
you know, like they, they have an idea of what they want to do. I don't think they did then. They just kind of went, oh, crap. What we thought we were going to be able to do didn't work. So I'm fairly optimistic. I'm fairly optimistic, assuming it is the calf and not below. I'm fairly optimistic about this not starting off that slow, even if he misses all of camp and the preseason, mm -hmm. which no idea. That's going to be – you could miss all of it with a calf strain, especially because you don't want to rush him back because it's a long season, and you're going to want him for the games, not just the practices. Uh, so maybe you don't rush – maybe you, he misses all of that and plays week one, or maybe he misses – two weeks like sam hubbard had a calf strain last year and he missed two weeks maybe you just do that he's maybe that's all it is just a two week like he's going to be out he's not he'll be there but he won't be practicing you know just mental and everything else um working with guys as much as he can rehab all of that i don't know it's a lot of uncertainty and i feel like that's always difficult to talk about until you do have the confirmation of certain things um the mri or whatever else i did see when i quickly refreshed twitter hoping that somehow an mri already came through another mm -hmm. another football doctor is talking about it being a calf strain but i think i think he may have been taking that as ian rapaport's report which was calf injury i i want one of them to just tweet out something this is like I'm confident, like the like the pro football doc saying, "Oh, confirm not Achilles." When he saw Zach Taylor mention the calf, could you, could you just explain that just just a tiny bit? Just like yeah, like confirmed it's not an Achilles because of the calf, and they would not have you know just like why mentioning the calf means confirm not Achilles because if that was the case, I'm at like a one percent on the Achilles thing. But as it stands with the calf injury comment, I'm at like. I don't know. Like I, I don't feel 100% confident, 99% confident that it's not. I, I just have that 5% of, and that could just be, you know, pessimism of a normal offseason happening. But like that 5% of like, this could be the worst thing. This could be the worst thing. And uh, I would love if somebody just like somebody smarter than me about the medical field um, would just say like, why is Taylor saying? calf means not Achilles because they are connected. They're like right next to the Achilles connects your calf to the foot. <laughs> yeah. There, um, there's so many different videos that are coming out. And I mean, there's one right now, as we're recording this Mark slaughter over at channel five, he tweeted one out. He goes, there's, there's a, here's a slow video of the breakdown of the injury. And it happened when it was a step. So he made a step and that's when it happened. Um, and it's what just, does that mean? but we don't know. <laughs> But we have no, we are not even like, I'm being completely honest with you. And I know that there are Twitter doctors and they're out there watching it, but I think you have to trust the people that Joe Burrow is around right now. And then the MRI, the Bengals have an MRI machine at the stadium. So, you know, you just, until that comes out, we don't, it's hard when they break down these videos. It truly is. I mean, I know they're doctors. I totally get it, but I just wait until somebody who is around Joe Burrow, um, you know, releases that news. Well, I mean, it's a whole, it's a whole market. It's a whole market to speculate. Yeah, it's just absolutely. I mean, we just, it, Twitter, this is what I love. I have a love-hate relationship with Twitter because I love Twitter during games, especially when your team's win, and it's so fun and exciting to see like touchdown passes and everything. But when an injury or something like that happens or something really bad, it's the worst place on earth. 
because the first thing is the the reactions of everyone absolutely like what oh this just happened oh no you know it's just like oh no it's it's the worst place to be i i also love all my friends but i actually don't want the message of like joe just went down it's like I know. You, you think I don't know? <laughs> like, I know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. When you have those group chats with friends who are like right, sending you right. every single Bengals tweet that you but you guys don't think I'm on Twitter. You don't think I see every single thing. They're sending me everything. I, I appreciate the concern and everything. I only get it for the real big things because I, I don't have a lot of actual like real life Bengals friends. I like I live near an hour from Pittsburgh. Yeah. But my friends will text me anytime there's something like this. It's like, guys, I know. It'll be like five minutes after I find out somebody texts me. It's like, yeah, you don't need to inform me. Um, and I, I'd actually prefer not to talk about it for another half hour. Yeah, I'm, I'm good. Yeah. I told all of my friends, actually, I said, if we get good news, I'll Venmo you guys all money to go get a beer um because that's how i feel right now i need some relief uh but uh we'll we'll get into a little more with the joe burrow and then obviously some non-joe burrow news right now just because we don't know enough information with joe um the trey hendrickson news which was a little bit of a surprise for me but we'll get to that next on it's always game day in cincinnati this is it's always game day in cincinnati with lindsey patterson and mike santagata We are back on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. Again, disclaimer, if you're listening to this on a Friday, we um, still do not have any Joe Burrow updates because we are recording at 5. We started at 5.35. It's 5.52 now. Uh, No new updates right now. Just Zach Taylor did say um, it is a calf injury. And obviously, um, you know, the Bengals have an MRI machine at Pecor Stadium. They'll be able to get more updates. Um, Is this kind of one of those things, Mike, where there's an update? in an, an evening or do they wait for camp the next day? Uh, I feel like your definitive update is next day. Um, but I did just watch while you were um, watching in between yeah. segments, uh, you were watching a video. I was watching a video. I thought mine was actually pretty good. So, um, well, yeah, sure. uh, but yeah, yeah. So the, he was saying because he injured the calf yesterday and because of how high the tape went usually when it's your lower calf that's something to be concerned about um he thinks it's the calf uh a calf strain which is a small tear and he said grade one or grade two he didn't think grade three but he said also that you can't rule out the achilles um but he thinks it's just the calf uh which i don't know how much that makes me feel better He's kind of just like, wow, you're confirming exactly what I what I've been thinking. It's probably calf, but you have to have some worry about the worst possible outcome. Um, So but it wasn't it was better just because he went through why he thinks it. And it wasn't just Ian Rappaport said this. What is a calf strain? It's like, well, I don't need that (laughs) video and everything. I was like, okay, this this makes sense. And talking through it. um, Yeah, all made sense. Uh, But again, because he said at the end, it was just like, you can't rule out the Achilles just because it's connected to the calf. I was like, well, I mean, I wanted you to. <laughs> Why couldn't you? <laughs> well, that's the thing. Um, you know, with Achilles, from past experience of anybody who's ever dealt with one, um, obviously I haven't, but you can usually have that it usually fully, right away. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, he was saying also, the video is probably not clear enough for it, but Usually with the Achilles, you kind of see it snap and the calf muscle kind of go up 
um, which I have seen in the football games. So I didn't, but the video is not clear enough. I don't think to no. be able to really see that, but I can hope. <laughs> yeah. I, I, did, I didn't think, I don't think I saw it. Yeah. I, I, we, we, as we're saying this right now, again, we, we don't know, but um, those are things that you, you, you seem to know right away for a player. And um, I do know all of the reporters are still at Paycor Stadium. Um, obviously with Cam just ending a couple hours ago, they're finishing up their stories and a lot of them are hoping to get an update um, this evening. So I, I'd, I'd messaged all of them and I, we have a group text and I said, I have you guys all your Twitter notifications currently on. I need to know when there's an update, what's happening with Joe. Um, but yeah, we, we just don't know. And, and I think that's one thing that I don't know enough about. And obviously we'll break it down. But if it is a calf, if it is a calf strain that uh, one of the I was listening to the pro football doctor on, on Twitter and he was talking about people don't realize that that is a tear. You do have yeah, that yeah, when there's a strain. Yep. Um, and, and you play through it. Players play through it. I mean, goodness. Um, as we mentioned before, Sam Hubbard had his late in the season and something that's uncomfortable, um, but you still get through it. And obviously Joe is his, I've said it before and he'll say it again. He's a tough dude, um, but we just don't know. And until they clear that part out, I think a lot of people will be able to kind of breathe a little bit um, because it's just such an unfortunate thing. Like I said before, um, it's, this is supposed to be a really special time for Joe Burrow. And um, he's been out there despite, you know, some players who are like, I'm not showing up. I'm not going to be out there if, if my contract isn't done. And, and Joe's been a professional all the way. And I really just hate that for him. You know, it's obviously a bummer when you're when it's your franchise quarterback and you're like, man, you want him out there. You want him to have a normal offseason. But that's just something that Joe doesn't get to have. It just it doesn't happen for him. And he's just going to be one of those people that never really gets preseason reps. It's just. And if he never plays in a preseason game again, when he's healthy and everything is good, I think that's that's just how he's going to have to roll. It just never, it just it's just really unfortunate, honestly. Yeah, I mean, so the the tear thing just sounds bad, right? Because yeah. when you lift weights and everything else, you're tearing your muscle fibers, small tears, but that's why it becomes inflamed, swells, sore, stiff, and then goes away in a couple of days. Like very very minor strains and so this would just be a more extreme example of that i think the worst strain i ever had uh out of my whole career was a softball i just got real excited that i hit the ball into like the corner of the outfield so i went to go sprint out of the thing and i just felt my quad go boom <laughs> and i had to hobble i i swear it was like a triple maybe inside the parker and instead i barely made it to first base and pulled myself out of the game um, and then like two weeks later, it was okay. So I, but look, that that's a different muscle. That's a different thing, but that's just like strains are common. So don't freak out when you hear tear, yeah. uh, when people say tear for, you know, ligaments and tendons, it's a little bit different. And usually when you mention tear, you're probably meaning at least mostly the entire thing, if not completely even when they say partial acl tear i assume that's probably at least like half 100. when i tore my acl I just snapped the entire thing and the meniscus with it so <laughs> i never got i've never had a partial tear it's all or nothing i guess for my body yeah it's just yeah it's one of those things right now again we don't we don't know enough information as we're recording this and um, you know unfortunately and, and maybe fortunately because we're hoping for all good vibes and good news for joe um, you know, as I mentioned before, I hope, you know, in a few weeks, we're just talking about his contract extension and Joe's taking it easy. Um, as Honestly, next week, 
hopefully we're just going like it is a grade one calf yep. strain, and then we just talk about it like normal. He'll be back in a couple weeks. And you know who can you know who can just sit on the sidelines like we saw last year when he had his appendix injury, Joe. You know how many weeks he missed. <laughs> You know, we see miss and obviously everybody knows what happened in week one, but he was still able to bounce back and he was, he was, he was fine. But you know, this was something we just, we don't have a lot of information on and um, it is his other leg. It's not the same leg um, as his ACL injury, but you know, it's not just something really, right? Yep. Yep. Not at all. So it's just, um, yeah, right now it's just a calf injury and, and, you know, Zach, they, they went on with practice. I know that's another thing that a lot of people were kind of bringing up and that's, that's pretty normal. It's just unfortunate. Yeah. It was towards the end of practice. Like not even if it happened at the beginning, it would be unfortunate, but it was like, they were wrapping the day up, you know, and, um, they finished out their practice and Zach, um, always talks to the media, but, you know, like I said before, by the time you you guys listen to this podcast, you are probably going to have a better update on what's happening with Joe, just because as of now, it's only two hours since their practice ended. And um, obviously the reporters will have the latest on what's going on. So we're hoping for good news only for Joe Burrow. Um, but as of now, it's day two of training camp in the books for the Cincinnati Bengals. And I know a lot of Bengals fans are going to be sitting on social media and refreshing their page for quite some time until they get some good news and, and hopefully uh, for Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals. But any more on, on Joe that you want to mention? No, but positives. Back-to-back uh, -back days with long touchdowns thrown from Joe. Mm -hmm. We saw, uh, I believe it was the first day of training camp, there was play action, and it was a cool idea and concept that I don't think they use enough. Um, insert is the idea. So you take your tight end, he's usually off of the line of scrimmage, and he goes in through the line in this run concept. They ran play action on that. And so he inserts through the line and then runs a route. And I think that's fun. I mean, it actively engages your linebackers that you're facing because they're like, I got to take on that tight end, don't I? And he just keeps running. Um, so I want to see more of that. And that was a deep touchdown down the left side to T. Higgins. I don't think the play actually really had much to do with it, though, because it was just kind of like one-on-one -on -one shot. <laughs> and then today, uh, before the injury, there was a one-on-one -on -one shot to um, – Jamar Chase uh, against Cam Taylor Britt on what looked like a blitz. I, I think I saw Dax Hill come down onto the line of scrimmage and then blitz. The offensive line picks it up and Burrow uncorked one deep. I'll be honest, I'm not sure how many defenses are going to try that against the Bengals. <laughs> but, you know, like, I mean, how often do you see these blitzes? Maybe because P. Ryan's not there. Like, that. do you think teams are going to stay? and continue to never blitz the Bengals? Or do you think they'll ramp it up a little bit just to com kind of completely get away from the Burrow topic? Because I feel like we've covered it fairly extensively as much as we can, unless we get some type of news in the next 30 minutes. I feel like teams are, I don't, I don't think you, you do it. I don't think I you don't do think it. I don't think so either. Like 5% increase just to test Mixon yeah. and Williams. Mm -hmm. That would be my thought is like maybe Piran just deterred them a little bit more than they already were, but it's not it's not so much P Ryan picking up the blitz that that stops these teams. It's Joe Burrow is a computer and he sees the blitz and goes, easy. <laughs> you don't want to give the quarterback the easy button a whole bunch. No, um, it will be um, interesting to see if they do that. I did see one. Um, it was actually Olivia Ray was um, taking some video. She works for Channel 5. And um, one of the videos was of Joe Burrow talking to Irv Smith. And he was talking about something they were about to do. And then as soon as 
Joe finished talking to him. He threw it right to Irv, and it looked beautiful. So I just kind of thought in that moment, Joe Joe wants to get Irv paid. Joe wants to get another tight end paid. Joe's going to get another tight end paid. And I'm really excited about Irv Smith. I really am. He seems like he's going to be just an absolute fun addition. Um, but we will see what happens. But on the offensive side of the ball, any anything else stand out for you? Um, there was that play that Mixon had a long run on, but I'll be a who it's so hard to care about these long runs to me because you can't tackle the guy. No, you can't. You can't. It was a blitz, which that is your boom bust defense for defending the run. Uh, you either get a tackle for a loss or this is, this is bad. This is very bad. Um, again, I, I don't know if Lou and Rumo is just like, we're really testing this offensive line, you know, just their intelligence, not their physicality. Cause it's hard to test your physical ability in these practices, even if they are padded, but test your mental, you know, like this, here's this blitz come off your block and pick it up correctly. Uh, maybe that's why they're doing it so often, but I was interested. I was like, why do I keep blitzing so much? Like, I don't think the Bengals are going to see this all that much. No, um, that's actually but, a good point. Yeah, uh, but they blitzed. The offensive line picked it up. There was enough of a hole. Mixon goes on a long run, and Nick Scott, last line of defense, gives him the two-hand tap. And uh, I did like what he said. He said, yards don't uh, win games. You know, every tackle matters, basically. I was like, yeah, I mean, like, true. You know, make that stop and – Maybe hold him to a field goal. That'd be great. Uh, it was around like the five-yard line, I think. And he and Mixon then kind of like tapped, you know, dapped up. I don't know. It was kind of on his shoulder, so it wasn't really like dapping him up or anything. But, uh, yeah, that's the other meaningful video I've seen. I think Jonah Williams looks fine at right tackle. And it also seems like Jonah Williams and Nick Scott have gotten all their first-team reps um, in those position battles. They have they said anything, I don't think. Like it, reporters, the thing is, reporters will comment when Jackson Carmen takes snaps at right tackle and Jordan Battle takes snaps at safety, but I don't think they're really going to comment much when it's the projected starters. So just kind of go like, well, nothing out of the ordinary, but I almost kind of want to see just like, was it every snap? Was it just every snap you saw? Yeah, when uh, just kind of the defensive side of the ball going into the safety position, I think we're we're hearing and again i i'm not out of camp um i don't miss those days when you're sweating out at training camp to be completely honest i love the social media clips they're very awesome being able to see those and um it, it seems like tyson anderson is getting a few reps out there somebody Over who at times unless it's just things that are only getting tweeted like you mentioned when there's like a jordan battles on the field or rookies on the field uh mm -hmm. but getting a few reps here and there out there in yeah. the safety area with that. I mean, they're probably going to make battle work for it, right? Like you should. That's what they've, that's what they've always done. They always make yeah. the rookie work for it. That's why Jackson Carmen didn't start year one or year two is you yeah. have to earn it still, even if you are a second round pick and battle is a third round pick. So got to go out there and earn the job. Um, I, I think he will at least earn the backup job, but I, I, I do think it's Nick Scott to start the year. And from there, the team is such a contender that it's not like you move to the youth at any point just because you want to move to youth. It would be Nick Scott has to play poorly or be injured. Or Dax Hill could be injured, I guess, and then you move to battle there. But I expect Dax Hill to start, even though they'll probably tell him he has to earn the job. Uh, mm -hmm. That one feels a little bit more performative. But, you yeah. know, Nick Scott versus Jordan Battle, they're going to make Battle earn the job. They're not just going to give it to him. And I guess they're not going to give him the backup job either because he has to earn that over Tyson Anderson. And 
maybe Mike, Thomas as well. I don't know. I always forget. I think that's going to be interesting. Yeah, I think it's going to be interesting. I thought we would get more tweets about who's running with the ones. It feels mm -hmm. like we haven't really. And today that totally makes sense. You know, there's one thing on everybody's mind today. Don't even, don't bother. <laughs> that tweet's going to get drowned out. I'm going to be but, completely honest with you. We we do have one more segment and we will talk about it, Trey Hendrickson. But if you be completely honest, what's in my mind right now, it's the quarterback. So I'm, yeah. I'm sitting here trying. I'm like, yeah, you know, the offense had this spark in there. And you can tell. You can tell, honestly. I'm just like, I just want to get some updates on, on what's happening with Joe. But we don't we don't know. Control so, what uh, you can. We are controlling what we can. And that was a little bit uh, more that happened at training camp. But we will head over to the defensive side because we have one more segment, like we mentioned before, just not a whole lot of new updates on what happened with Joe today. So we'll go ahead and fill it with information that we do know uh, when it comes to the Trey Hendrickson extension. Thought that was a little surprising today, but not a bad thing. We'll get to that next on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. This is It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati with Lindsey Patterson and Mike Santagata. We are back on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. We'll flip to the defensive side. Um, some news I really wasn't expecting for a couple reasons. Trey Hendrickson was um, extended one more year through the 2025 season. That'll be the same amount of years that he'll be here with Sam Hubbard. And I'll start right now with your overall reaction. My reaction is interesting. Um, I didn't see this as a way I thought they would open up cap space for this season, which I think this is basically what that is. I think they love Trey Henderson and they want him in the room next year and possibly mm -hmm. the year after, which I think now you also just kind of say like, yes, and the year after. Uh, but I think this is mostly because they're trying to open up a little room I think this is something that you need to read between the lines. You see the Mixon, not restructure, but pay cut. You see yeah. the Trey Henderson, not restructure, but extension. They just refuse to restructure, um, which is fine. I think restructures are great, but they do give you issues down the road more than these things do. So both those moves lowered the cap hit for those players this year. The Bengals already have a ton of cap space. So if I am reading the tea leaves correctly, pun intended, but not on purpose, it could be more than a burrow extension. The tea leaves, maybe. I didn't get that at first, but now I do. <laughs> I could tell. <laughs> you could tell you. I was like, mm -hmm, yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think that's extremely important. At the end of the day, it was all going to be a domino effect. And, you know, yeah. we... I don't know how all this at the end Joe's going to get paid. Joe's going to be paid to be a franchise quarterback in Cincinnati. We don't know what it looks like when it comes to the extension news right now. We just don't know what, when and what and injuries, all of that stuff. But it does feel like they have the big picture in mind when it comes to the 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 role players on offense when it is Joe Burrow. It is T Higgins. It is Jamar Chase. You can pay those guys. We talked about it on our podcast a couple of days ago where people don't make a big deal when a team pays. You could look at the Chargers, for example. They paid uh, Justin Herbert. They pay their defensive guys. They paid their quarterback. They're going to pay Rashawn Slater. Exactly. And you know how much offensive linemen, especially, um, you know, left even tackles, on, left yes. tackles, all like, pro rookie left tackles. Yeah, they're going to make a lot of money. <laughs> you see the market right now for right tackles? Come on. Like, oh, it goodness. is. Oh, goodness. I. I saw all the takes after Titus Howard was re-signed. I was like, look, guys, 
twelve million dollars is. I don't think this is. I don't think this is a great deal. We don't need to put this forward as like this is what average tackles make. Yeah. I kind of go like, well, then I I don't know if I pay one. <laughs> but but here's the here's the crazy thing. Everybody wanted to make a big deal when they moved Jonah over to right tackle. And I know he's not the starter yet, but they they were like, oh, you you can't have a right tackle making twelve million dollars a deal. Looks like a discount at Big Lots right now, because uh, <laughs> you look at as the long other- as as long as he gives similar. Mm-hmm. That's true. Similar level play. Yeah. And I think he looks good. I, when I see him move, yeah. it doesn't Pop look it. that different, which is awesome. Like that's what you're worried about with him making that switch is mostly just, okay, can he still keep himself technically clean and mainly his feet? You worry about the hands a little, but I think you mainly worry about the feet, like in this pass set. I think that's the biggest worry is your feet in your pass set. I think it looks pretty good. <laughs> like I've only seen him really go out there once, like actually kick out there and set, but looks good to me. I, I know we're going to get a ton of it. And especially he's in a training camp battle. So unless they decide that 100% definitively in the next couple weeks, there will be preseason footage of it as well. Because, you know, in a battle, you don't get to rest in the preseason anymore. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's what the the thing is. I feel like it's so easy to slam on Jonah Williams and just be like, oh, he's yeah. so terrible at right tackle. And you see one rep in camp, and and at the end of the day, they're not Wait, going. but that rep was fine. And it was fine. And it was fine. But you know uh, it's I, yeah, Man, I, I think people are just so – I get it. Like, the whole Jonah Williams thing, he hasn't lived up to his draft position. He's been a last-year liability – and at time, other times, too. I think two years ago, he was the best member of the offensive line and pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh, but last year, he took a step back. He regressed. He was a little bit of a liability. I get the anger. But whenever you're saying he gets smoked, when he's running his guy around there at like 10, 12 yards, he's in control. He's not – the guy isn't past him and he's turned around like, oh, crap, uh, or anything like that. It's like – I know you're angry, but you have to put the bias aside a little bit. It's, I don't know. I I just want people to actually evaluate these things without any bias going in because I think it would go differently because Orlando Brown's favorite move is to run his guy around the back of the pocket at 10 to 12 yards of depth, which is what Jonah did on that rep that some people tried dunking on him for. And I was kind of like, but you guys were also the ones retweeting when Orlando Brown said, oh, it'll be nice to play with the Bengals because they keep their quarterback at eight yards so I can run my guy at 10. It's like one and one here. <laughs> Put yeah. these things together. But I don't know. I think some people are ready to just pounce on Jonah Williams anytime there's anything that – and it wasn't a dominant rep. It wasn't like he dominated no. Sam Hubbard. Sam Hubbard if, – if Sam Hubbard was Miles Garrett, that's probably a win and a quarterback hit. If he is pretty much anybody else, maybe if Von Miller is still that bendy, then he's probably fine. But yeah, uh, that whole thing going on. I don't think we're going to get too much genuine conversation about how each guy is doing. I think that everybody has their camps and they are just going to uh, tweet out their feelings based off of that rather than what they're actually seeing. Yeah. So we'll we'll see what happens at the right tackle position and and look it's not it's it's gonna we'll see it, they didn't say it's Jonah Williams' job but he is out there with the starters and I know Jackson Carmen's getting rotations uh, right now because Leo Collins 
isn't an option at the very moment. Again, he could be activated at any moment. They will have to make that decision when they get closer to training camp if he's going to start the season on the pup. But I do want to go back to Trey Hendrickson. I did not mean to change the sub subject, but that was one of the things that I wanted oh. to get to with Jonah Williams. We had um, to cover we had to cover Burrow for two segments, and now we have to cover like two days of training camp and everything else in an extension. That's true. That's true. I mean, we really we had a mailbag today. We were going. I wish we were doing a mailbag right now. That would mean there's all good news. Um, but uh, but we'll we'll go back to Trey Hendrickson because the thing that was surprising for me personally, and again, I know there was a little more detail out because Trey was probably underpaid for his position. Yes. Bengals got a pretty good deal for Trey Hendrickson, so he's probably like, hey. I'd like some more money. And the Bengals are like, hey, what if we tack on another year and it gives us a little cap relief through the three years? Um, so, so maybe that's what they're they're doing. It, may, it makes sense because at the same time, they did draft Miles Murphy. They do have Joseph Asai. Mm -hmm. So I guess that was a little more confusing for me that they did it. Not, not in a bad way, but I'm just like, oh, you know, was this more of a structure cap relief? And then you get to bring Trey on for another year, which is always a good thing. But you also have these younger guys, too. What does that mean for them? Um, I think that they probably have a similar feeling to me about Miles Murphy where he's raw. Like you didn't draft him to take the starting job this year and pr probably, probably not next year unless he shows a lot of improvement in, um, his technique and his hands, everything and reading blocks, just, you know, a lot of the refinement needed to become a high quality, uh, defensive end, outside linebacker type, edge rusher, whatever. I think that it's somewhat surprising just because I feel like you would wait because sometimes these Miles Murphy, Rashawn Gary, Jason Pierre-Paul, guys that come out and they just – you want to take them for the size, the pedigree, everything. It's all there except he's raw. Mm -hmm. Sometimes they do make that leap in year two. And maybe you wanted to keep that there just like, okay. And then year three, he'll start for Trey Hendrickson or whatever else. And we have put a lot of faith. I made him my breakout player in Joseph Osai and his projection from role player to starter in the future. But you also remember this is a team that did this with uh, Sam Hubbard and Carl Lawson for a long time where it felt like, you know, you've got two young guys that could probably start for you. And they just, they didn't, they didn't make that move early. Um, Duke and the gang, not because that was Marvin Lewis for a bit of it, but uh, Duke Tobin and those guys they didn't make that move hastily. So I, I think they will take their time on Murphy and Osai. Uh, but that would be the reason it's surprising is because they do have a lot of young resources spent at that position. And, you do project both Osai and um, Murphy to eventually become the starters. At least that's what I would think they, if they're building out the roadmap and the ideal roadmap, it's that they are both the starters in three years. And now you have Trey Hendrickson for the next, is it two years or is it three now? It's three years counting this season. Yeah. So in three years, it could be Trey Hendrickson as one of those starters now. Yeah. Yeah. So it'll be um, it'll be interesting to see what that looks like. But yeah, maybe that's just giving you more relief over the next few years. Um, you know, next time we talk, maybe we'll um, 
we'll have more training camp updates. We will have a Joe Burrow update by the time we talk next Tuesday when we're recording. But, you know, as of now, we'll just kind of end our podcast with what we do know. And we've already said before, um, it's almost 6.20 as we're wrapping this up on a Thursday night. We're hoping only uh, good news for Joe Burrow. But, um, you know, he did leave late in practice on a cart. Um, I know the cart scares a lot of people, but that is something that we see a lot in training camp because it is, it's there. We, the Bengals do have a huge hill. If it was something they didn't want to put pressure on, he was on the back of a cart. They're going to get an MRI, and we're going to get news um, by the they have time. An MRI in the stadium, though, don't they? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, it's they'll, the just, they'll just take him on the on the cart all the way to the MRI machine. It's right there mm-hmm. in the front. As soon as you walk into the hey, that's useful. The players' locker room. It's right in the back. Um, people come into there to get their MRIs all the time. Actually, they do. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, all yep. right. Yeah, there's an MRI. So this goes to the Joe Burrow Foundation. The Joe Burrow Needs Paid Foundation. They pay him for the MRI usage. You know, it is another thing to not to like get too in depth into this stuff, but like if I'm Joe Burrow, I mean, obviously take it as easy as possible. If, if this is the very most minor thing in the entire world, I'm like, let's wrap this contract extension up. Let's just go ahead and wrap that up. You know, I, mean, I know the baseline set. Like, gonna just you 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 know what you're gonna he's gonna be paid more than Justin Herbert just go ahead and get that just go ahead and get that wrapped up um but yeah we're hoping all good news but um as I mentioned before by the time you listen to this podcast I would be extremely surprised if we did not have a Joe Burrow update um as I mentioned before I've uh, been refreshing Twitter during this whole entire podcast to see if there's any new news um and a lot of the reporters are still sticking around Paycor Stadium um they're hoping to get some updates before they leave if not we know the guys like Ian Rappaport Adam Schefter um, you know, maybe somebody in the Bengals front office will share some news with them and there will be some updates. Um, but uh, but yeah, that's all we really have to discuss on this podcast. And um, we will be back. Um, do you have any more to share? No, not really. Yeah, it's just cool Trey Hendrickson to get his money and to get yep. because when he did get that extension, there was no guaranteed money in that last year. That's why some people thought he could be a cut candidate, which I never saw. I don't think you cut the guy. But uh, that was kind of a you're not proven contract. So to get the extra year and the extra money as you are, yeah, you're proven. You're one of the 10 best edge rushers in the league. We need you. Or, you know, you're underpaid, really. So I think that's cool. That's cool for him. Yep. I, um, I'm i happy for Trey Hendrickson. And uh, like I said before, we'll be Had back the big, next week. The big claw mark on the neck, too, from Orlando, Orlando Brown. Brown making a mark. Cut your fingernails, man. I mean, that is like a tiger claw. I know, right? What was, <laughs> was he going for the, the strangle? Was he going for just a big paw and he didn't make a fist? Yeah. I wanted to talk about that too. I still couldn't believe it. The day Trey Hendrickson gets an extension the day after that happens. And then he has this huge mark. I mean, he didn't even zip his, you could have zipped the coat up. He could have zipped it up, but he was like, Nope, I'm going to let you guys see that this, this car right here. Um, but Protect that was your neck, Trey. Protect your neck. Iron sharpens iron like no other. Uh, I wonder if there was anything there from like the AFC championship game where they're just like, I remember that game. I'm, I'm, uh, it's not just the AFC championship game. They have gone at it repeatedly for the past two years. That's true. And, uh, and Trey Hendrickson won most of those battles. Ooh. So oh. I think well, that could be part of the, the beef as well. And they never know. As long as they're, they, I like it. I like it. Iron sharpens iron. We see it all the time. I like when the receivers have to go up to the young secondary right now, that's always good for them. But yes, 
This is a wrap on our podcast. As I mentioned before, hoping for some good news when we are on the podcast next week. As always, you can follow Bengals underscore Sands. You can follow me at Ellen Diaz Patterson. Thank you for listening to It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati.